Welcome to Empower Humans. Welcome again to the Empower Humans podcast. This is episode 104. We have a great interview today with Udo Erasmus. He's 78 years old. He just had his birthday. So he was born in 1942 during and in the aftermath of World War II in Europe and uh, dealt with all kinds of things in Poland, of all places, by the way. So he got into that quite in depth at the early uh, pretty much like third of the interview. We talked a lot about all that stuff and then how it all coincides on a grander scale of humanity with what we need to do to live in harmony, both individually and collectively, and connect with the energy that is in all of us, both on a nutritional and physical level and on a mental, spiritual, all these different levels of, of what we are as people. I think you'll find it very enlightening. Before we jump more into that, I want to remind you, as always, of course, you are absolutely priceless. You're never alone. None of those things will change. Do not uh, believe anything to the contrary from anyone or anything, any experience, because nothing can change that. So uh, you need to live in harmony with that reality as well, and don't uh, go with any other lies or <laughs> deceit in that realm. You are absolutely priceless, and you're never alone. Reach out if you need to. Info at empowerhumans.com is the email address. Uh, you can go through our website as well. Also uh, at Empower101 on Instagram and Twitter. You also have access, hopefully in some capacity with all the communication channels, despite this virus thing at this very moment that we're recording and releasing this. Uh, and maybe you'll listen to this down the road and hopefully this will have dissipated to some extent. But you've got ways to communicate with friends, neighbors, co-workers, family and whatnot as well. So on that note, let's talk real quick about our challenges Study, keep studying, start studying. Whatever it is for you, you need to do it. We need to keep our minds sharp. We need to continue to stimulate our minds. You know, I've been listening to this audiobook called Grateful American. Uh, basically, it's an autobiography of Gary Sinise, the actor. Uh, he played Lieutenant Dan in Forrest Gump. Uh, he's been in Apollo 13 and dozens of other <laughs> great works and movies, TV shows, series, all these various things. Uh, so interesting story. I haven't finished it yet, but uh, I love biographies, autobiographies. That's one of the reasons I do this podcast. I love talking to people, hearing their stories, hearing their background, hearing what pieces came together to make them who and what they are and what they do with their lives as well. So uh, just some suggestions based on who I am and what I like to learn, but do what works for you as well. There's all kinds of resources out there, so we don't have any excuses. Study, and of course, let's make great moments. That's their second challenge. Of course, that's with loved ones. You know the drill. <laughs> Surprise Love and extend that love, and that's what this is all about. Make great moments. These are pillars in our lives to overshadow you know, our various mistakes and shortcomings that we all have. And, of course, the last challenge, let's keep doing this podcast together. Uh, Udo Erasmus is a very dynamic, uh, interesting individual. He's actually uh, given over 5,000 live presentations on nutrition and health, 3,000-plus media interviews, uh, he's got all kinds of history here. So this is a guy with lots of experience, 78 years old. Uh, I think there's a lot to be learned for the most part from uh, the older generations, from those of us who are younger. So he's pretty much double my age because I'm 39. He's 78. So uh, lots of respect, lots of great material. We did bounce around all kinds of different things in this interview. There were a couple of times where I tried to jump in. I thought he was uh, done talking about something. And uh, you'll hear some of that, uh, just the nature of conversation and interviews at times. But I think overall, some very valuable and thought-provoking material. Um, he says he's got the answers to a lot of things. And he's also got a brand called Udo's Choice um, in health food stores, Whole Foods, and various things like that. So we're going to talk about all that stuff. So without further ado, my friends, let's jump into this interview with Udo Erasmus. Here we go. 
Hey, it's our privilege today to be here with Udo Erasmus, who is the founder of Udo's Choice and uh, also author, speaker, award-winning author at that. Udo, how are you today, my friend? What's my uh, first day of my 79th year of, of traipsing this planet. Oh, hey, today's your birthday? Yesterday. <laughs> oh, yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, great. Happy yeah. belated birthday. I'm sorry I didn't send a card. I should have. I didn't know. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I didn't get the announcement. Uh, well, good. Happy. Yeah, so. Yeah, I know. It's my, my fault. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it is your fault. So we're going <laughs> to leave it at that. So <laughs> and that's a great way to start our interview. No, but happy birthday. Seven, so are you 79 or 78? 78. Oh, so you're in your 79th year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Great. And if you, if you count the pregnancy, then I'm almost 79 now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the right. Extra nine months there. I was, I was apparently existing as a separate being from the time of conception, not the time of birth. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, I like that perspective. That's good. Good. <laughs> and uh, so you're coming to us from Vancouver, Canada here today. And uh, yep. we're, we're both on Pacific time, so that helps. We're going to be going 12 hours. No, I'm just kidding. We talked about that joke at the beginning. Um, <laughs> you've uh, you've got all kinds of interesting things you do. That's what I wanted to bring into the podcast here and, and let you share with our audience uh, a lot of what these things are. But let's go back a little bit because I understand you have quite a uh, colorful background, uh, for lack of a better word, a very interesting and <laughs> in-depth background. Uh, so tell me about that because you came, you didn't, well, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was born in 1942, so it was during the Second World War in mm-hmm. Poland, which was at that time part of Germany. Yeah. My parents were from Latvia and Estonia with German-Swedish background. And when I was two, we were refugees fleeing from the communists who were shooting, uh, who were chasing us in tanks and trucks. Wow. And on roads that only had refugees on them, no soldiers, just refugees, women mostly, because their men were all, all off at war, and in hay wagons drawn by horses, women and kids, young kids. Wow. And the Allies were shoot, were using us as target practice, shooting at us from planes. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, these were the good guys, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, uh, my mother had to get out of the wagon and get off the road and she took two of the six kids she had with her through the through the fields because it was safer and left four of us behind and uh, I was one of the left behind ones and eventually my her sister heard about what happened and came back behind enemy lines and because she was fluent in Russian by that time the Russians were already uh, past <laughs> mm. past us and and so she, because she was fluent in Russian, she uh, found us and then reunited us with the family. Wow. So I don't remember that much other than uh, fear, anxiety, hunger, uh, and confusion. Yeah. And so for me, I, I kind of, I, I was a confused kid just from that. And when I was six years old, I listened to, we, we made it out to Germany. We were living in Germany until I was 10, and we then came to Canada when I was 10. Uh, oh. I was listening to adults in Germany argue about things that I thought as a six-year-old were really trivial. So they must have been pretty trivial. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> my world wasn't that big, you know? So, yeah. And I thought, I, I listened to that, and it just, it just 
it was just so not right. And I thought there must be a way that people can live in harmony. And I'm going to find out how. And yeah. obviously, like a six-year-old who doesn't know how complicated everything is, right? I yeah. just figured, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. But I have <laughs> figured it out. And uh, so that's, that, was the, that was my beginning. And then wow. what drove me was because I didn't know what I could rely on. I got into science to understand how things work. And then I got into biosciences to understand how creatures work. Then I got into psychology to understand how thinking works. You know, if you want to know how people can live in harmony, you would want to know some of that. Yeah, and then yeah. eventually I got into self-knowledge because I really needed to know how I work. Yeah. And that's basically is my background. Out of that, I got poisoned by pesticide when my marriage broke up and I was really ticked and I wanted to kill something. So I took a job as a pesticide <laughs> sprayer, was really careless, then got poisoned when I was 38 after three years of spraying. And then the, the went to the doctor, and the doctor said, uh, I, "I asked, I said to her, what do you have for pesticide poisoning?'" She said, "Nothing." And that day, the penny dropped for me that my health is actually my responsibility. And yeah. so I got very focused on health, and I ended up then writing a book that's now called "Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill." Developed a method for making oils with health in mind because they're very, very sensitive most sensitive of our nutrients, need the most care, damaged by light, oxygen, and heat. And we give them the least care. We throw them in frying pans. <laughs> and yeah, I yeah. thought, you know what? I couldn't get healthy on oils like that. We should make them with health in mind. So I developed a method for doing that. And basically an industry started from, from that notion. And flax oil, flaxseed oil was my first oil. Mm-hmm. So that was, the, and that was a omega-3s are too low in 99% of the population. So it is the biggest uh, essential fatty, essential nutrient deficiency of our time. Mm-hmm. And so I thought when I realized, because it wasn't established as essential omega-3 until 1981, the year after I got poisoned. And mm. when I learned that, I got really excited. I said, oh my God, we could help so many people if we could give them omega-3s that they're but make them with health in mind because they're even more easily damaged than the omega-6s. And uh, so if we could make them both with health in mind and give people the right ratio, oh my God, we could help so many people. And the research now says when you get your omega-3s right, you can improve virtually every major degenerative condition of our time. Wow. I ended up making flaxseed oil and then a blend that is better balanced that has omega-3 and 6 is both made with health in mind. And uh, uh, I've been working with, with that for since 1994. So you've been, you've been around a while and you've got quite a history here, uh, clearly. Yeah, I want to I, I get into yeah. everything with these oils and uh, your whole philosophy. It's a bold statement you made uh, about you figured out humans could live in harmony. So I want to get back to that too in a second. But yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. me, tell me about life in Poland and Europe during this time. You say you don't remember much. What, aside from yeah. seeing these trivial discussions and arguments, uh, obviously there was probably a great deal of poverty and suffering, and uh, surely tension between certain uh, both cultures, <laughs> yeah, classes. My parents, yeah, yeah, my parents in uh, had a farm in Latvia. That was that's a big deal having a farm in Europe. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. like oh yeah, all of all, the only people who can't accomplish anything else they go farming. It's you know they, that it's a it's a it's a uh, 
respected profession. So he had a, he had a farm in Latvia. Mm-hmm. And when Hitler and Stalin made their peace pact, Latvia went to the Soviet Union. And the part of Poland that I was born in went to Germany. But there was nobody from Latvia and Poland at the meeting. So they just took it because they were big. Yeah. Right? The politics of, of, of big. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I was born on a stolen farm. And the, the farmer was working for my dad on his own farm. Hmm. Right? Hmm. Because it had been uh, taken away by Germany. Goodness gracious. Uh, we, we lost, so, and then, and then we, we lost the, that farm because it wasn't ours anyway. Yeah. And, uh, we, we had, we fundamentally had nothing. When my mother was fleeing, my mother, my dad was in a prisoner of war camp. And, uh, uh, basically all the, all she had was kids, six kids, six and under, and, uh, uh, silver spoons wrapped in cloth because silver spoons, silver had some value. And these were heirlooms, like the, the, the oldest one I've seen was from 1740. They had their, had the dates engraved on them. Wow. And sometimes people's <laughs> names. Wow. So this was like a kind of a family heirloom kind of thing, if that's the right word. And we, but we had nothing. We started with nothing. But what's interesting, so then we got into Germany and we lived above the stable uh, in a barn with nine horses in two little rooms with seven people. Yeah, yeah. And and we, we really had very little. My father worked for pits, pits, pitsy wages on on that farm. And But what's interesting is I don't remember ever feeling poor. <laughs> and I think it's because I was always checking out stuff. I was always trying to figure out things, and I wasn't comparing myself. My sister, yeah. who was four or five years older than I, uh, always compared herself. So she always felt like she was missing something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember ever feeling like I was missing something. Right. Yeah. And so, that, yeah, which is, which is maybe it's just because, well, at least they're not shooting at us. <laughs> yeah, that's right? quite a perspective. I mean, you think yeah, about at so, least they're not shooting at us. A lot of us Americans can't even wrap our heads around just because of the way we live in this Western world over here. Uh, right. Both the poverty, the, right. uh, the living conditions in general, and I hear that a lot yeah. from folks in that generation. And you know, like I have my great aunt who just turned a hundred last fall, and she talks. Oh, yeah. We talked to her about this virus, and uh, she's you know, yeah. this is nothing. She says I've, she's been through all the rationing and all the things of World War II and the depression and all these. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah, says yeah. this is nothing. Yeah. And my parents. My father went through the First World War, then the Bolshevik Revolution, then the Depression, and then the Second World War. Yeah. That was it. And, and he couldn't get Goodness out of Europe crazy. fast enough when he finally came home from, from his prisoner war camp. Oh, he was yeah. a prisoner and, of war, uh, huh? And it's true. I went, when I was in university, uh, I was always the, the heavy guy because mm-hmm. people would talk about, oh, come on, let's start a riot. Let's start a war. And I would, you know, I would, I mean, it would trigger me. I would just say, that's not funny. And mm. why are you so heavy? Well, I've been through one of these goddamn things. Mm. <laughs> and, then, and then they want to, you know, so then they would go and do their stuff. And one time they did start a riot. And they had gone out in the morning to say, we're going to go and start a riot on English Bay, which is one of the beaches. And I didn't go. And, and when they came back, they said, 
Oh my God, we started a riot. I said, well, that's what you said you were going to do, right? But they didn't, you know, it's easy to be cavalier about stuff when you have no experience. Yeah. And then, and, and when you've been through a war, then that's not a joke. You're right. So for me, it was never a joke. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little more mellow now, but, but at that time, you know, whenever they do that, I'd be like the guy who would just like, what the hell are you talking about? This is not funny. Yeah, well, I, and I th- <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I think we need to uh, value and respect that perspective of people like you who've come from these war torn areas and uh, and and but value that what that brings to the table. What's that? Yeah, but it's impossible if you haven't been through it. No, you're that's absolutely a, right. That's always the issue. Yeah, right? the f- because and then a different kind of thinking comes out of having experiences like that. Yeah. You and 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 you start recognizing that life is is more precious than anything else, you know, because you, you lost everything else, right? But yeah. you still got your life. So, okay, life life is, is cool. Well, you've probably seen right? more and, than you. And it, go ahead. And it turns out, you know, if you look at the the whole planet, this what what makes this planet precious and special is it's got life on it. Yeah. And whether you're talking about insects or plants or humans, this is the planet of life. Where we don't know any other planet like that. Absolutely, but life is the treasure here. Not money, and not big houses, and not this and not that. But life inside of the human body is the treasure here. Yes, yes. And we're not we're not really living uh, with any real conscious awareness of that most of the time. Mm. Yeah, and then I, we do stupid things. I love that perspective. And then we do st- yeah, yeah, we we do we do, do stupid, stupid things. things. You're right. What are some of the stupid yeah. things we do? We I think some of us know a lot of those things. A lot of it's just careless disregard for each other as human beings and for well, ourselves, the way we you know eat and. Yeah, I think we're now at the point where we are uh, we're screwing it up on health. We're screwing it up on relationships. We're screwing it up on politics, and we're screwing it up on environment. Other than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. Right? <laughs> It's, I mean, it's the only reason we laugh is because it's such a, like, these are such important, any one of those things would be too much. And all of them combined is just almost unfathomable. And yet we just kind of, most of us don't know anything to do other than turn a blind eye because most of us aren't in power. Most of us aren't super rich or any of these other things. I mean, what can we do? I know we're kind of getting off the track of some, we're going to get back to some of these other topics with the nutritional aspects and things. No, we're getting gotten right on it right now with Good. that question. What what do we do? Yes. Well, here's the thing: you're not powerless, and I'm not powerless. Okay. You know, we have given our power to a handful of people who misuse the power, but we still have our power. What is yeah. our power? Life is our power. Yes. The fact that you can breathe and think and walk and and do stuff, mm-hmm. and refrain from doing stuff. And that you have choices. There's your power. But we're not exercising it, but slowly it's changing because certainly the young generation knows that this isn't going to, this is not sustainable what we're doing. And so they are looking for alternatives big time. The fact that there's a show like you and I are doing right now is a sign of the times that we know more is needed than what we've done. Something is needed that we have that we have neglected or that we need to take into consideration. Yeah. That's a very good perspective. Yeah. 
And I, I think about it, you know, everything you're saying is so interesting because I think most of us as people have kind of a, an inkling that we have an ability to do something, but most of us don't quite know what to do. And, and right. maybe, maybe we ought to start with ourselves, with all these areas you're talking about, both with well, nutrition, yeah, health, yeah, relationships, yeah, mindset. I, I agree with everything you just said, except the maybe. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And the guy who's, we need to do that. Yeah, a guy who's in his 78th year, you know, we ought to, 79th year, excuse me. <laughs> uh, yeah, barely into my 79th year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that's some perspective. I'm 39 myself, so I'm roughly half okay. your age. I'm roughly yeah, yeah. a little bit older than you were when you had that poisoning uh, that you discussed, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. boy, and, and I come to, you know, I, I want to put all this in perspective, too, in, a, in another yeah angle because you know I, I look at my boys i have two boys that are eight and ten a lot of my audience knows this and uh and you yeah. have i know you have at least one daughter you mentioned before we got into the interview i, I, I have three i have a son and two daughters oh okay and they are they must be all grown up now <laughs> i imagine yeah they're 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 in their 40s yeah there it is they're they're older than me uh and, yeah. but these yeah, years basically. these years flew by for you i'm sure right because you know i remember when my dad was 39 and now he's 73 yeah. 72 sorry dad yeah. uh he'll be 73 in august <laughs> but uh so yeah. time is short time is fast and uh i think that we need to throw a sense of urgency into the mix as we talk about all this stuff that it's not just uh okay we can and maybe like you said yeah. the maybe is not the issue that we, we need to take that off of the uh equation <laughs> it's we got to do yeah. these things or else face yeah, so, our fate uh, which could be a negative fate if we don't take action what are your thoughts right so, well, here's the thing. In a very long story of the history of life on Earth, and if you're religious, maybe it's only 6,000 years, but if you're not religious, it's 4.3 billion. Mm -hmm. Life developed on this planet. And yeah. out of that system came you through, you know, your parents had sex, <laughs> conception, you know, the whole thing, if you look at it, it's like awe-inspiring how everything works you know, from the perspective of creativity. Yeah. And you, and so you are given an independent existence with conception and then your body grows. And in, and while you're in your, I call it the Buddha tank, you know, while you're in your mother's womb, <laughs> there's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go yeah. there. Uh, um, it's safe and everything is provided. <laughs> and you're just floating in this little tank. Your awareness is in at rest because there's no place to go for it. It's at rest inside, in its source, in life, inside of your body. Yeah. And I call that the Buddha. That's why I call it the Buddha tank because you're a little Buddha floating around because what's, what made the masters different is they actually were able to bring their awareness to the core of their being. So they, and in the core of their being, they were in touch with God and with life and with uh, inspiration and basically with everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's part of the human experience. And each human being has that built into them just as part of the deal from the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. so then you come out and then you get to know the world. You, your, your awareness goes out into the world through your senses. Yeah, you become yeah. disconnected from your core. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then that's where disconnection and then discontent and then searching for something is missing. 
or feeling of loss comes from. And then you spend the rest of your life trying to figure out how to find what you lost, but you can't remember what you lost. Mm. Wow. <laughs> because there was, and you didn't lose anything except you, the connection of your awareness wow. to your own inner nature. That's very, right? very profound, simple, and very deep at the same time. Yeah, and, 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 and then you go around and you do crazy, crazy stuff like have wars and steal money and lie to people and look for power and look for prestige and look for uh, being better than because you feel worse than because you don't feel whole. Mm -hmm. And all of that is part of the search for yourself. Mm -hmm. But right. you came, you came loaded. You have everything. Every human being, if they're alive, they have everything already built into them. And why it's not trivial that we need to spend time being present in a, the space that our body occupies and to discover what all is in that space. Because there's, there's peace there and there's love there and there's wholeness there and there's inspiration there and there's wisdom there and there's intuition there. I mean, there's so many things that feel so good, but we're always looking on the outside because we forgot that where all those things are is not out there, but in here. Mm. Yeah, and, how do and, we tap and, into and, that? Yeah, and, and well, let me just say one more thing. And yeah. Here's the thing. Go ahead. You can, you know, some people sometimes say, oh, dwelling on yourself is selfish. Don't be selfish. No, it's not true. Because you were given this gift. You're living in this gift. And if you don't enjoy that gift, it is a wasted gift because no one else can enjoy your life for you. And so, and so the, the, the wise people all say, either whether they're close to death or really young or really wise for whatever reason of, of their own uh, story, they all say job one is to sit still in your being. In other words, you stop doing. Mm -hmm. You get into your being and you discover what is in your space. Yeah. And... Being is actually more important than doing because you can be without doing, but you can't do without being. So being is actually more foundational. So you need, you know, so so it's more important to get your foundation right because then everything else becomes easier. Yeah, Great. but that's not part of our cultural ed cultural education, and that's why so so many people are so confused. And that's why part of what we're doing in a podcast like this and, and what, what I think is, is my mission in, in life is basically to rub people's noses in that. John, <laughs> what you're looking for, you've already got. Why are you looking out there for what you got in here? Yeah. But, you know, and why don't you get to your root and discover the magnificence of the experience of light, dust, water, and air being mixed in a way that you can have the human experience. Yeah. You know, because at the end, it's all going to be light, water, dust, and, and, and air again, right? Mm -hmm. We only have it for a time, but we have it so that we can enjoy it and, the enjoy, and, not, by, and not enjoy it by doing a bunch of stuff, but enjoy it by just being present in it. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right on that. I think most people listening, yeah. if not all, would agree that everything you're saying hits the nail on the head. This is all true. We all want these things. 
where it gets complicated is the simple question of how, how do we get to that place? Because there's so many philosophies, Eastern, you know, philosophies and Buddhism and all these various things about meditation and mindfulness, but how do like, (laughs) and I'm I'm not, I think I found some answers. You said you have it figured out as 78 year old, Mm -hmm. uh, great man (laughs) that you are clearly. So tell us, (laughs) how do we get to this place? Well, it, it doesn't come from, a, from Buddhist philosophy or Christian philosophy or Hindu philosophy. Those are expressions. Okay. Like the masters, the masters were people like us. Mm-hmm. We have the same divinity in us that they had in them. And they had the same physical body to deal with that we have. Right. We always have both. Life is the, is, is the divine the spark of the divine and we could do a scientific uh, track on that but um, life is the is the divine in you and the difference between you and the master is that the master took it seriously to sit still and get in touch with life and then began to express the experience and then what we did is we dabble in it if we do anything at all and then instead of doing our own discovery in inner discovery we just memorize somebody else's words and then parrot them back we call that religion <laughs> yeah that's supposed to be and then we create formulas out of that you know when when the truth is what was in jesus is also in you and he even said that all the masters said what i have you have just go there and so fundamentally the how is I begin by saying, first of all, recognize that what you want, what you are searching for, what you're working for, what's driving you crazy that you you can't find, Mm -hmm. is already present within you, full-fledged. The only thing that happened is your awareness wandered off. That's why you're not experiencing it. It's like saying, well, I want to find the money that I have in my left pocket, but I'm only going to look for it in my right pocket. I don't have any money in my right pocket. But I want to find the money in my left pocket by looking in my right pocket. That's stupid. I want to find on the outside what I've got on the inside. I can only find it on the inside, but I'm going to look for it on the outside. That's stupid. That's the stupidity of the human race. So the first thing is recognize that what you're looking for is already fully present in all of your being. And, And it's called life because I'll say to you, I'll point at you and I'll say, whose body is that? What's your answer? Well, it's uh, the individual. <laughs> no, no. What's if I'm po- pointing at you? Oh, you're pointing Who's at me. Well, yeah. it's it's mine, <laughs> isn't mine. it? No, you know what you've just told me. You just busted yourself. Uh oh. You've just told me that you've just told me you're not the body. You've just told me you're the owner of the body. My body means you're the owner of the body. So then the question is, well, who's who are you as owner of the body? Yeah. And then people tell me their name. I said, no, that's just a label somebody stuck on your body. And so who are you? Well, you actually are life. You actually are the energy. That's what the masters meditated on. That's what they recommended for us to meditate on. That's what they said. If we did, we would be like them. Mm. They were teachers of human nature. That would be a better way than to create all this weird, you know, they were perfect and you're really screwed up and, you know, and all the craziness that we've done around that. 
So we have what the masters had, but they looked at it and we're dabbling with it. Yeah, I think I think you're then, you're right on a lot so of they, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, so what so what did they do? They took time to sit down, to to close their eyes, you know, to get get their to pull their awareness out of the world of surfaces of things, pull it inside to as much as they could, and then just breathe and yeah. see how still you can become mm-hmm. and see how deep you can go into that stillness and see what you're going to discover there and see how long you can stay there before you have to go pee. <laughs> Right, or maybe do that before then, you go there, so that. <laughs> and, and, well, but if you sit long enough, you have to pee again, right? Yeah, it's but, a recurring but thing. They, but but they spent time every day doing a practice of bringing their awareness back home. But wouldn't to wouldn't the place yeah? Wouldn't most people that, say though that? Uh, sorry to cut you off a little bit. Wouldn't most people, at least in our Western society, say things like, "That's all fine and good, and and sounds great." But I'm busy. I mean, these days maybe people aren't as busy. We've got now 36 million, I think, unemployed as of this recording, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's not the a world, laughing yeah, matter either. But it's uh, but I'm busy. I've got kids yeah. to feed, and I've got a job to do. And then by the time I'm done with that, and sleeping, and eating, and all these other little life tasks, and the peeing that you mentioned, uh, once mm-hmm. we add, that all adds up, then the day's gone. Uh, and I know people uh, who who meditate for two hours a day in our Western world too, and it's just a matter of priorities and taking the time. I'm not saying everyone needs to go two hours or, or 20 hours or whatever, um, so, but go ahead. Yeah, so, so well, let's look at that. They, you never say somebody, you never hear somebody say, I'm too busy to pee. I'm too busy to poo. I'm too busy to eat. I'm too busy to have sex. I'm too busy to work. I'm too busy. See, we're too busy. Okay. The only thing we're too busy for is to do our homework. We're not we're we we don't, we're not too busy for everything else. To drink, to breathe, right? We're, and those we're, are those are uh, bodily and, functions that you mentioned too, like physical yeah, body. So we're needs. talking about something yeah. that's that I think transcends that even deeper. That yeah, look, go ahead. Yeah, I I am getting there. So so we don't have a problem with any of that, and uh-huh. we live as though we were the body, and we take care of the needs of the body, and we deal with the kids and. You know, we're not too busy to deal with the kids either, right? So, so hope so, not. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and 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 we and we respond to needs. You get the need to pee; it lets you. You know, you you know when you got to go, right? Well, there's a place that's calling you to come back home, and it's called heartache. But there's actually, I've got ten pages of different names. People call it heartache, yearning, sorrow, longing, grief. Uh, emptiness, restlessness, blues, uh, loneliness. Don't you use you know, a term you know, called? Don't you say thirst of the heart? Isn't that something that you yeah, have and, used as and, well? And some people call that the thirst of the heart. Uh huh. <clears throat> so there is something in you, and you don't like that thirst because it makes you uneasy. You don't like the feeling; it can be intense. You don't know what to do about it because nobody tells you what that is. All that is. It's never about grandma who died or the dog who ran away or the, 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 the woman who dumped you or the guy who dumped you or that you want to have somebody to complete you because you're already complete. It's not about that, that ache in the chest that we have called all these different names. 
is your heart calling your awareness to come back home to life. So yeah. There is your starting point for why you want to sit still in that feeling instead of distracting yourself from it. Because what we mostly do is distract ourselves from it, um, ignore it, deny it, or blame it on somebody. But actually, this is your, this, this feeling of loss comes from your disconnection from yourself that began the moment you were born. And then you, you pick substitutes, and when one of those substitutes ends, you're left with that, with that loss with that original loss. Yeah. This is not about somebody outside. This is something about that happened with in you inside. Mm-hmm. And your fix for that is not another distraction or another million dollars or another, uh, you, you know, sexual conquest. Mm. <clears throat> your, your fix for that ache is to sit in the ache and see if you can slip behind it because Less than a hair's breadth behind it is the wholeness that all your life you're striving for. That's something in you that your heart is striving for. That the core of your being is striving to reconnect to all your life. Yeah. And when I was 17, I felt that so strong, I couldn't shake it. I couldn't, I, I, I ran out of distractions. And maybe it's because I was born in the war that I saw through many things pretty quickly. But... I couldn't shake it, and then nobody. I don't didn't. I didn't know what it was. When I asked people, they said, "Oh, don't think about. It. Oh, just get a job like your brother. You'll just drive yourself crazy." <clears throat> mm-hmm. and, but I couldn't shake it because it was always there. And eventually, after 13 years of of that, I ran into somebody who said to me that what you're looking for, <laughs> it's already inside of you, mm. and I'll show you how to get there. Yeah. So, and this was like this was in 1972. So I've been doing it for a while. And in 1972, there were was very little talk about anything like that. Yeah. Because that was mostly there were practices in the Eastern world. Yes. <clears throat> but there were no practices like that in Christianity, other than contemplation and prayer. Mm-hmm. But you know, the best prayer is silence. Right. Because in the prayer of silence you realize that God has already given you everything you ever wanted and way more. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, oh God, give me this. Oh God, make this go away. And it's like, then it's, thank you, thank you, thank you. How incredible is it to, that I have the chance of being dust and water as a human being? Yeah. And then it's, you know, and then it's, and then the whole world, and then what happens when you t- take that, let's an hour, I mean, I let's say five minutes, take 10 minutes, take 15 minutes, take an hour, Take two hours if you can. When you do that, you also find that you organize your day. So you actually live more effectively <laughs> if you take the time to do nothing. Because in that nothing, your day gets organized. That's that's a very profound concept. I mean, it sounds like, in summary, <clears throat> the key to all this is, number one, realizing, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, recognizing who and what we really truly are and the real depth and light of all of that and then and then yep. and then making the time to tap into that on a very regular basis to connect with that that higher self if you will and yeah. and it's as, it, it's as important as peeing it's, yeah. except it's not as it's 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 you know it's like if you pee your pants it's visible if you, it's visible on your yeah. pants right <laughs> yeah so but when you when you 
when you don't connect to your heart, it is not visible to other people, although they, they'll, you know, they'll know you're restless and you're not quite, you're not quite calm, but, yeah. right? but it's always there for you. We can sense that about each other, can't we? It's, it, well, it sounds, yeah, yeah it sounds partially like what this is, uh, the responsibility, and we've talked a lot about this recently in the podcast too, is that yeah. we we are both responsible and capable of finding that peace always. And that's absolutely, such a liberating thing. We don't have to rely on or distract ourselves with any external anything, no matter what's going right. on in your world, uh, good, bad, pleasureful, painful, whatever it is, we yeah. still, no matter what, can can find with, with our, of course, concerted effort, a constant state of peace, harmony, joy, happiness. We always talk about joy absolutely. means an alignment in our podcast. We talk about joy means that, an alignment. Um, yeah, a lot of really deep things for all of us to think about, and I th- and I think really yeah, put yeah. into action, not and, just not just uh, you know and, talk about and then move on. We ought to actually right. be doing and, this. Yeah, and you said you just said that other people can notice, uh, but the most important thing is that you notice yourself. Yeah, becoming aware. You said that earlier. Yeah, self-aware. Yeah, that that you become aware of what is your state of being, and you know when I when I understood that. And started doing the practice. It was like, wow, I'm actually taking care of. Before that, I was always looking for something to do that would take care of me. And yeah. I wouldn't do things that needed to be done because I couldn't see how they would take care of me. Because I didn't feel taken care of. When I started doing the practice, I felt taken care of. Because life has taken care of this body. Unconditionally loved it for <laughs> every, <laughs> you know, it's 24-7 365 for 78 years now. And when I get in touch with that, I feel that unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Oh, now it's like, oh, I'm taken care of. So it's not about me anymore. And I can look around and say, okay, what needs to be done around here? Where can I help? And then it's not about I'll help if I get money. It's I'll help because help is needed. And it changes. I, I have now changed from being a, a, a getter to being a giver. You can't be a giver if you're discontent because you'll always be taken. Even you'll say, oh, we're satisfaction guaranteed and we'll give you this and you know, with all of this and all of it, it's all bullshit mm. because what you're really interested in is what you're getting out of it. And that, and that tells you that, tells you, that <laughs> you know, when, when you have a hundred billion dollars and you're still dissatisfied, it's because you haven't done your homework. Yeah. And you will not be satisfied when you have two hundred billion. <laughs> and you will not be satisfied when you have a trillion. And that's I not an uncommon story. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, and, and when I was in university, I had we were I was poor. We didn't have much, but I I had friends who had pretty rich parents and we used to hang out with the parents. And none of those people were any happier than I was. So I learned relatively early that money is not the source of happiness. Yeah. Money. And so and so for me, you know, when I did when I did my work with oils for 15 years, there were, I, I was broke. I actually moved in with my mother because I wanted to do it because it needed to be done. I was I had already been doing my practice for eight years when I felt not taken care of. I knew where to go to feel taken care of. So it wasn't like, oh, I wonder what will take care of me now. Because that's, I already knew, that's inside. All I have to do is when I don't feel taken care of, sit down, t- tune in, <laughs> feel taken care of. Mm. So that became easier. 
And then, so I started looking at oils and, oh my God, we could help so many people. And it was not about the money. It was like, this needs to be done. So for 15 years, I was broke. And then the money got pretty good. But the money did, didn't become good because I was in it for the money. I have never been in it for the money. Mm. Because, because in the end, my, what is money? Money is a means of exchange. Money has no value other than as a means of exchange unless you make it think that it's your salvation. <laughs> and yeah. then you're going to find out it's not your salvation. It's a scary you place. Know, Bezos says, I read this morning Bezos is now on track to become the first trillionaire on the planet. You know, because of, <laughs> you know, because of uh, everything, it has to be shipped now. So apparently his business has gone up four times. Yeah. Yeah, quadrupled his business because everything's been shipped. He basically owns the post office now. <laughs> you know, well, like, okay, okay, and then, and then, <laughs> yeah, and each and one of those, each and, one, each one of those dollars is worth less now too, as we do all these stimulus packages. And <laughs> I mean, there, there's so much to this yeah. money. I don't want to. If we got into money, we'd be talking for two more hours just on that, <laughs> uh, because that whole system and, is and, is a very and, and he's, but it's. To, but but he, if he has a trillion dollars, he still will not take feel taken care of, it. and he'll still be a bum, and he'll still treat his people people badly, and he still have <laughs> affairs on the side. <laughs> well, you know, okay. you know, like this is not these are not the actions of of people who are content. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know Jeff Bezos. <laughs> My dad met him once, but way back in the '90s. But in any case, and some other rich people have come and probably crossed all of our paths. Uh, yeah. In, in some capacity, and some are more content than it's not about the money or not. It's about the mindset and the focus of the exactly. individual. Exactly. So and if you I'm have a trillion dollars, you could be happy or sad. You could be an unhappy, yeah. discontent person, as you're describing, or exactly the exactly. opposite. You could have a you could have a trillion dollars and be happy too. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not sure you'd be chasing it uh, if you were, and uh, you'd probably be giving. A lot of it away, because how are you going to ever spend a trillion dollars? Well, the funny thing about money is it's all external. I mean, it's all the only yeah. thing money ultimately can do is buy external sensory stimulation and some semblance uh, or delusion of inner, uh, you know, security that oh, I have money in a big house or whatever the things the money bought, some yeah. nice trips. No. But it's all sensory stimulation on the external. That's all money is. It doesn't bring you that inner, right. inner. You bring right. yourself except, the peace with it, or without the money. Except. Except if you're content, you look at that money and say, well, I got more money than I need. Where can I use the money to help? Because when, when, when heart goes with money, the money can do good things. Mm. When, when the heart is missed, and heart without money can do a lot of good things. Mm -hmm. But money without heart never, never really does much good. Yeah, good you know, point. we throw money. I mean, if you look at government, they throw money at everything. When the heart's not there, the money's not. The money doesn't actually improve things. Mm -hmm. Like maybe briefly, you know. But but you know, and the and the issue is not about is not about money. The issue is about being content. How can you live your life aware of the treasure that you have? Yeah, that you got as a that you got as a gift. You know, when you say, oh, I made myself very rich, really? Your parents had to have sex to bring you in. That was not you doing it yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you know, true. You used the roads somebody else built. You used vehicles and cars and trucks and airplanes somebody else built. 
you know, so there are no self-made men. You know, when I, when I, I, people give me credit for doing the work on fats that I do, but honestly, there were like hundreds of thousands of people involved in it, including the people who bought it, including the, the people who, who did, did, that I did the tours with, the hotels I stayed in, you know, the, the, the researchers who did the research that I made use of. So, you know, I was in a good place. I was in the right place at the right time asking the right questions. But even the ability to, to ask the right question is a gift that life gave me. I didn't earn yeah. that. I, I think that's, so uh, that's good and, stuff. I, uh, so, as you're so talking... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so we come in loaded with gifts, and then we try to take owner, you know, try to claim we own them. You know, just like land, right? We The land was created by, you know, whoever created the earth, and then we had planted a flag in North America, so I claim all this land for the Queen of England, and there were already 10 million, 10 million people living here. <laughs> yeah, and the and the interesting thing too is all these lines that we call borders aren't real. This is just made up little lines right. that we've all made over the years. And like with your right. wars over in Europe and stuff, I shouldn't say yours, but those right. wars and lots of yeah, others, yeah. lines have yeah. been drawn, yeah, but, uh, drawn on a piece yeah. of paper, but not on the land. These lines didn't yeah. weren't weren't and, there naturally. And, even, <laughs> and, and then and then even though they drew lines on the map. Because they were big, Germany and and Soviet Union just took the land anyway because they could. So yeah. they basically stole the land from the people who were living on it. I think that's without, a yeah without you're right. even a conver- without even a conversation with those people about it. That's a great metaphor for our natural tendencies as human beings. I think we. We draw, we draw fake lines and fake borders and fear thresholds and all these various things that hold us back yeah. that are all made up on paper that aren't real. And then when we tap as into reality, it's it's a different story, and that's yeah. what we need to be is live yeah. in the reality of what we are, exactly. who we are, and, and <laughs> all this light exactly. that you're talking about. And, and, and here's what's interesting. No one has ever abused a in a relationship, abused their partner in a moment of contentment. No one ever, no one ever annexed another country in a moment of contentment. It's always based on discontent. I need more. We're going to take more. Why? Because we can. And somehow we think that if we can get away with that, somehow something good is going to come out of it. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. Come on, on, you guys, wake up. (laughs) Well... Tell me more on the, uh, boy, like it's clear that we, and you've got 78 plus years experience here. Uh, we could yeah. go on about all this philosophy quite in depth. And I think suffice it to say for our listeners, we need to tap into ourselves and connect with this deep yeah. inner self and, and from a yeah. real big picture of what we are. And also, also, uh, realizing that the fact that we even exist is all part of a big picture that like you pointed out with our parents and the land and all these things yeah. that were pre-existing conditions that we didn't do. We didn't give ourselves yeah. this heart. We didn't give ourselves all these things. And and by realizing yeah. all that, there's just like this bigger sense of understanding and peace. And even if you were to go, you know, this is very deep for me. And I think a lot of people, when you got start to study outer space or galaxies mm-hmm. and all these various things, mm-hmm. it's, it's so profound. The distances are so unfathomable. 
even to like our yeah. again i'm getting off track but real fast the nearest star to our solar system is something like 4.7 light years which is in the neighborhood of 25 yeah. trillion miles and that's just the nearest of yeah. billions of stars and that's just in our galaxy of yeah. hundreds of billions of known galaxies and <laughs> it's just too yeah, much yeah. we have to live in this big picture and i'm sorry i'm going on a tangent but i, I no, no, no. i'm reinforcing what you're saying yeah. this big picture is okay. what we are not the small picture of ourselves we we, we sell ourselves touch, short you know, we're in touch we're in touch with the big picture by being in touch with the core of our being because that's con that's con everything is connected there yeah, there's an so, old there's an old you know, quote on that about, too. Yeah, when I talk about the, the, you know under the umbrella of health, nature and human nature. So, the core of our being is awareness, and I call it internal awareness. It's a point, and that point of awareness is not limited to my body. I go to the core to get there, mm -hmm. but in that core, that point is is goes out to infinity. And that's an experience. I'm talking about an experience. I'm not wow. talking about a, a, a drawing on a piece of paper. Yeah. So the, the core is, is internal awareness. And that awareness has no content, like nothing physical in it. But it has complete peace, its presence, its calmness. It's really solid, even though you can't see it. It's mm -hmm. really solid. Yeah. And then out, one out from that is life energy. That energy is your God, mm -hmm. your personal God, because it's omnipresent in your body, omni, all-knowing in your body, and all-powerful in your body. That's the definition of God in religion, omnipresent, omnipotent, mm -hmm. omniscient. Life is that, that in your body. Knows yeah. everything, runs everything, weighs nothing. And if you bring your awareness inside, you can actually see it as light, hear it as sound, uh, feel it as, as fulfillment or love or contentment, and you can taste it even because yeah. your senses monitor energy, both on the outside, but they can also monitor on the inside if you bring your awareness inside. So that's the third the, the second. Then out of that comes inspiration. Inspiration is part of the mind. It's the light part of the mind. And inspiration is the cure for depression, anxiety, and uh, PTSD and all that because you cannot be inspired and depressed at the same time. And that's just the extension of, of the shine of life, the energy that is life, the, the sunlight that is life within you shining. Yeah. Then you got the physical body, and there you talk about food and fitness and rest and, and, and recovery and detox and avoiding toxins and digestion. That's all part of that. It's, that's what most people focus, focus on when they talk about health. And the next one is survival smart, and that's a combination of skills as, and calmness. So you want to be fully present in your being to be good at crisis management. That's where your resilience comes from. And then the next one out is the social group. You know, that who you hang out with affects your health. <clears throat> and then the next one out of that is nature, planet, solar system. That's your environment. That affects your health. And then out, outside of that is the big picture, the fact that you are a temp, in a temporary body 
that you are an eternal spark in a temporary body in an infinite universe and to be okay with that wow when when you when you put uh, when you are fully present in all of your being and your surroundings and that's possible but it takes practice then mm-hmm. you're not lost in thoughts in your head and then you can live your life in a flow where where you can where you can uh, respond to emerging situations easily, not like, oh, you know, oh God, what do I do now? But you can flow with those situations and you can liter- and you literally have the best possible life that is possible for a human being to have, and that would be called the life of a master. And your mastery is to be fully present in all of your being and your surroundings. At the same time, sometimes people call it simultaneous present because you're present inside and outside at the same time. Mm. And that's the cherished state. Am I in that state all the time? No, but I know that state and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that's something you know, to, to point out too. Uh, we can't. Yeah, we don't need to hold ourselves always, to perfection standard, but we need to strive for this is what you're saying. Uh, and, right. Well, we, I, you, yeah, we want to give each one its due. See, my senses will always take me out into the world because it, its job is to monitor change to, for survival. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, whenever something moves, you're immediately drawn to it. You got to see if it's friend or foe, and, wh- and whether you whether you need to run or you or you need to embrace it. That's what their senses are for. So they're always going to take you out. Yeah. There's always going to be a oh, there's a bird. Oh, there's a sound. Oh, there's something moving. So that's always going to happen. But coming back becomes easier and easier with practice. And if we practice coming, bringing our awareness back as much as we practice bringing it out we would be just as good at being in that. And that takes, but that takes practice because most of us haven't done hardly any of that ever. Yeah. Because we're living mostly in the outside world and, and we distract ourselves from the call home. Well, <laughs> bury ourselves in something else. Yeah. You, you said a lot of profound things here. And, uh, and just now you said this, this, we are an eternal spark in a temporary body in an infinite universe I think we yeah. all need to tap into that reality to connect with that reality. And the quote I was mentioning earlier that I yeah. saw in a book called The Discoverers, the, the quote was, where the telescope ends, the microscope begins. In other words, there's only so far out we <laughs> yeah. can see and realizing how yeah. humble we ought to probably be because of it and not so self-centered. And then the microscope, right. the introspection of ourselves begins at that place course, as well. But uh, the, course, the microscope actually just gives you smaller details, but they're still on the outside. Yeah, yeah. We, what we need, what we need, is an introscope. An introscope. Yeah, good point. <laughs> well, the the interesting thing about light, there's so many interesting properties of light, and I want to get back to this nutrition topic here um, in a yeah. second as well. But uh, yeah. light is one of these things that um, the properties are, you know, obviously the speed of light is very, is the fastest known speed in the universe. And also the more pronounced and, and strong the light is, the more pronounced the shadows become. The shadows being maybe areas of so-called darkness in, in our world and in our lives. Uh, Only when it, only when it hits bodies that don't radiate their own light. Yeah. Yeah. If everybody radiated radiated their own light, there would be no shadows. That's even true in human behavior. Yeah. Everybody, 
lived lit up, there wouldn't be a shadow in, in human uh, in human affairs. We wouldn't have wars. All excellent right? points. Yeah, yeah. We all need to light ourselves up to bring more peace, harmony, joy to this world. Uh, and, and on that note, I don't want to shift gears too much, but in the interest of time and everything, too, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is all in a finite aspect of our existence, but it is part of what we're doing with the podcast. <laughs> we have a somewhat yeah. of a time limit, uh, and I wish we didn't. Yes. But tell me more yeah. about what you do in terms of, and, and we also have for our listeners, we're going to have link in, in the show notes and on our website for this uh, yeah. total sexy health program and a, and a free mm-hmm. Uh, course, a mini course, and a free book that's available there, so you can link up to all that. But tell me about yeah. all of that, and uh, in conjunction with the other things you do in terms of uh, nutrition and right. so on. It, okay, it, go I, ahead. Yeah, I, yeah, I just told you about total sexy health. Those eight parts. Okay, so people can study that more in depth through the link that we're going to provide. Yeah, so that's that's an overview. Of it. Okay. But the the thing that's really interesting. I I started in health. And in, in physical health, and worked my way into the other, into the non-physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I found as I was doing the work is like I would give people really good information because I'm really good at giving people really good information in, when I when I know what I'm talking about, right? <clears throat> and right. they wouldn't put it in practice. And I started thinking about why is it that people have so much good information and they don't put it in practice? And the right. conclusion I came to was they don't put it in practice if they're not inspired. And so as important as getting good information is that you feel inspired. And the truth is when you're inspired, you kind of get out of your mental ruts much easier. You can make changes that need to be made that will improve your the quality of your life or the quality of life around you. Uh, and it becomes kind of second nature. Mm-hmm. But when you're not inspired, you tend not to lift a finger. And if you're really uninspired, depressed, you might even kill your body, destroy your body, mm. because you're so not interested in living. And so how important is it for people to live lit up from within? Because that's what makes all the changes easier. Yeah. And it's like, because if, I, if I'm in love with the, the, my existence, then I will do whatever it takes to prolong it. And then that means, okay, well, instead of frying with oils, I'm going to get unfried oils. Instead of using saturated fats, I'm going to make sure I get my omega-3 and 6 essential fatty acids. I'm going to eat more, eat more plant-based. I'm going to eat more whole foods. I'm going to take steps in the direction of what nature's mandate for food was, which is fresh, whole, raw, organic, in season, local, and sun-ripe or sun-unripe. Right? That was nature's mandate. Yeah. So when you look at what, then when, when you look at your cupboards and your fridge and you look at what's in there, you could ask yourself, how, how many steps away have I taken from fresh, whole, raw, organic? Because every step you've taken away from nature's mandate, you will, it will cost you something in health eventually. Yeah. Uh, if, we, if we want to talk about uh, you know, the, the virus and the lockdown, Please. You know, they, we, have a, we have a healthcare system that is misrepresented because it's actually a disease management system. It's not about healthcare. 
about crisis intervention, symptom suppression, life support systems, and the, the management of your journey into the graveyard. That's not healthcare. That's disease management. <laughs> and it should be called disease managed because the misrepresentation confuses people. Healthcare is the appropriate use of light, oxygen, water, and foods to build a body that, live, that is built in line with the natural system out of which it came, within which the, its genetic program was put together, and all run by life using that program that life put together for living aligned with nature. You cannot be healthy living out of line with nature. And you cannot be healthy living out of line with your nature either. Yeah. So that's the like the, the, the foundation. And once once you get that and you're inspired, then the information is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take steps to live closer aligned with nature. You know, yeah. tear up your stupid lawn in your back and front yard and plant vegetables and flowers, right? Build, make some of your own food. Then you know whether it's organic or not because you know what you put on it. Yeah, right? true story. Then, and, and then you don't have the, the transportation costs for the on the environment and you can train your children to appreciate the, the you know, the rhythms of nature the fact that you put a radish seed in and you can't pull the little two green leaves out and, and say, is the radish ready yet? Is the radish ready yet? No, you've got to put it in there and then you've got to wait. And then pretty soon, you know, maybe it takes months. You see there is a pace to nature. Yeah. And, that, and it teaches you patience and it teaches you to, to harmonize your life with the rhythms of nature. Yeah. So to actually tear up your lawn and, and have the kids make their own, you know, favorite food, whether that's kale or radishes or carrots or whatever. And then you also have the freshest food because the food in the supermarket is not fresh. It's three days old or six days old or two weeks old. You know, oranges from Florida in Vancouver in winter, <laughs> they're like <laughs> at least two weeks old. And sometimes the vitamin C that oranges are supposed to supply, supply us with is completely gone by the time you eat the orange. But if you live, grow it in your back in your backyard. You know, fresh means it's in the ground. You pull the carrot, you wipe it on your pants, and you eat it. <laughs> That's fresh. Right? Yeah. And you can't get fresh if you don't have it in your vicinity. And your yard, if you have a house, you know, then then you have it. You can grow it in your vicinity. And if you don't, if you only have an apartment, then you can at least grow some. Green, uh, green onions or some herbs and spices in your windowsill. So you can even garden in a way, in, in a, you know, and it's fun to do that. Yeah. And watching things grow is actually quite, it's quite, um, uh, fulfilling. But it's, I was going <laughs> to, I was, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, there's something right about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to get back to that. Everything you're saying, I, I absolutely agree with. It's a matter, and when it comes to our decision making, it sounds like it's all about uh, our decisions either empower us or imprison us. And the more we make one direction or the other, is the more we get of that thing: empowerment or imprisonment. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and and hopefully the decisions you make come out of being in touch with your power, because then you won't make uh, imprisoning decisions. Yeah, and. Uh, right? 
Because I, I like to suck back behind the thought because the thought is generated by my state of being. So if I'm discontent, I will create negative thoughts because it goes from feeling to thoughts to words to actions to consequences. Mm. But it starts with state of being. And yeah. If you're not aware of your state of being, then then you live, then you your thoughts are random, and your thoughts are actually supposed to give direction to your physical movement, right? Or even to your, or even to your inner practice. Yeah, I love everything you so, bring to the table, my friend. It's uh, the <laughs> people can find you. You know, these days everyone's got for the most part the internet. If you listen to podcasts, you must have some access to the yeah. internet, and also. Uh, Udo's Choice, your your brand is available at Whole Foods and probably other places yeah. as well, right? Yeah, I work. Yeah, I work with oils and enzymes. Although my Udo's Choice is not on the enzymes and the probiotics anymore. Probiotics in the fridge. I don't. I don't recommend probiotics that are not refrigerated because they're they they really deserve to 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 retain their benefits. They deserve to be refrigerated. And then digestive enzymes because. When you cook foods, you destroy the enzymes and the probiotics, so you should replace those. In nature, you got them off the food. There's enzymes in the food and the probiotics on the food. Now we've changed all of that, and, and now, now we, uh, you know, so when we cook the foods, we should replace the enzymes because our body was not made to do the whole job of digestion. It was supposed to do the cleanup and the self-digestion of the foods by the enzymes they contain is about 60% or anywhere from 10 to 90, but on average, 60%. Yeah. And the, the probiotics, you know, uh, kind of control unfriendly bacteria that also live in your digestive tract from getting out of hand. Yeah. So those are really important. So those three I've worked with, and fiber, because fiber uh, feeds the probiotics, and fiber does a lot of really, really good things. Like if you ate coconut oil, Coconut oil will increase your LDL cholesterol. But if you eat the coconuts, you don't get increased cholesterol. They think it's the fiber that protects you from that. <laughs> so, and it always goes back to, you know, eat foods the way nature made them. Eat them fresh. And there's a saying, eat things that spoil, just eat them before they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's something to all this about uh, connecting yeah. with nature as what it is and not reinventing the wheel as we've done largely with humanity, yeah. especially the last couple hundred years. We've created all yeah. this industrial nonsense to a large extent and yeah. now yeah. no longer are in touch with what we truly yeah. are and were before all this. And we need to get back to that yeah. clearly because we're destroying yeah. ourselves and that's, that's irrefutable. We're yeah. destroying ourselves better, as humanity. We got to, we got to stop. Yeah. Better living through chemistry never got us better living. Yeah. Yeah, good points on all fronts, it my friend. Got, it just got us. It just got us more out of touch. Yeah, in our thinking, in our thinking, in our in our actions, in all kinds of different ways, and just about everything we do. Yeah, we need to get back you know, to that. And, and the and the and the increase in longevity came mostly from hygiene and and uh, better nutrition, not from the drugs and vaccines and all of those things we invented. The vaccine mm -hmm. for uh, measles was invented when measles were all, all, almost gone already. Mm. And that came from better nutrition, better lifestyle, building the body stronger so that it can deal with the 
with the creatures in the environment and build its own immunity to it. And to stick a needle through all of that protection that we have from outside attacks is already, if you think about it, it's like, why, why, are, you, why are you bypassing the body's protection systems by sticking a needle through it and then pushing poison and then pushing mercury and aluminum and formaldehyde and retroviruses that came from mice because it was grown mm. in mouse tissues and was never, the, these vaccines were never cleaned up or tested for all the garbage they contain. And then they have side effects. Mm-hmm. And more and more side effects, uh, autism, of course, being one. And that's, of course, that's a hot topic. Nobody wants to, you know, they, the industry does not want that to accept that. But autism was one in 10,000 100 years ago, and now it's one in 35. And wow. it's like, okay, well, what, 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 where did that come from? Something, it came from something, but yeah. it did not come from eating too many fresh, whole, raw, organic foods. Yeah. Can you tell you that? Yeah, cancers also. Also, I, I heard that <laughs> male sperm counts are half what they were for our grandparents or grandfathers. Yeah. Um, all these yeah, various pen, things that yeah. just speak for themselves that obviously we're not on the right track. That was, <laughs> we gotta, yeah, that was from, that was from pesticides, a lot from pesticides, but other industrial chemicals as well. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, blowing my mind, my friend, I, again, we could talk a long, long time and uh, people can find you online. Uh, Udo's choice, of course, brand and also the total sexy health, yeah. uh, free yeah. ebook and mini course. The, the Udo. Links. The Udo is the website. The Udo.com is uh, one of the Udo websites. Is U-D-O. The is U-D- yeah, T-H-E-U-D-O. And the other one is Udo'sChoice.com. That's that's the, where the products are. Simple enough. That's that's what this stuff gets down to. The real answers are simple, and yet we've overcomplicated ourselves. Let's get back to simplicity, our friends, our yeah, fellow yeah, humans. Yeah, we don't need <laughs> we don't need more sophisticated. We need more heartfelt. Yeah, I couldn't you know, agree more. And if blowing if blowing your mind uh, gets you closer to being in touch with your heart, then uh, I, then I've done my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, well, thank you for your time. And uh, again, I'd love to keep chatting with you. We'll do another uh, one of these down the road, my friend, uh, if if you're available. And uh, hopefully oh, yeah. to I'm, another. I, I love doing this. Yeah. Thank you for being. A, thank you for being an amplifier for a message. Yeah, and here's to. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate. I it. I love doing this. Yeah, and it's not far from your heart's message. So thank you for thank you for doing the work you do to to make uh, good things better known. Thank you, and cheers to uh, cheers to another seventy eight plus years for you as well. And uh, <laughs> uh, for our audience, this is how we end our podcast, my friend. We we just simply tell you: empower yourself, empower the world around you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to Empower Humans. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review this podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EmpowerHumans.com. We'll catch you next time.